So let's bring in our next guest. That's going to be Bob Iacchino, Chief Strategist uh, at Path Trading Parker Partners. Welcome to the show, Bob. Morning, Tom. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. Um, you know, equities kind of rebounding here a little bit. We see continued weakness, selling of rallies at this point. What's your take here on the market action? Are we just in that sell any rally, uh, sustained rally, dead cat bounces from uh, bear market territory? What's your take here in the equity markets? Well, honestly, Tom, I thought we'd see a little bit more out of this particular rally, given the uh, fact that a lot of the data we're getting is it's been weaker, but there's not that critical data other than uh, perhaps consumer spending and, and prices that we get. Uh, tomorrow, we're getting the final GDP this morning. That'll be interesting to see where that comes out because they'll take away or add to some of the recession calls, I think, if they were to, by a miracle, um, just reassess last quarter's GDP and modify it up to a slightly positive or even to a zero. The Atlanta Fed GDP now is still showing a zero for the coming quarter. That's still their prediction. So when you look at it from that perspective, we're still looking at slightly less of a rise of inflation, even globally. UK inflation came in a little bit lower than expected. So I expected to see a little bit more out of this rally, but those consumer confidence numbers that we got yesterday, which I'm sure you guys talked about like crazy on the shows that you uh, have every day. You talked about that yesterday, and especially the forward expectations, which was the lowest since 2013, shows you that consumers seem to be expecting an, uh, a recession. And that's one of the things people don't talk about is a lot of the times just talk of a recession can kind of recoil the consumer into conserving and cause one on its own. Yeah, and we did get those final uh, Q1 GDP numbers, minus 1.6% on the headline number uh, at this point. So, you know, weakness here, and you mentioned those consumer confidence numbers moving forward. Uh, consumer confidence lower yesterday, consumer sentiment out of University of Michigan last Friday at record lows. The thing that's odd to me, Bob, when I look at those numbers and it just kind of, you know, exacerbates those recessionary fears, but at the same time, it doesn't seem like the consumer's stopping the spending uh, and supporting of the economy, is that what's gonna save us here? Or is the consumer sentiment and confidence numbers that are forward-looking going to come to fruition as far as the economy goes? Well, I think that's a great point, Tom, and you're talking about three separate things there. You're talking about the pieces of data that we get out of the consumer. And retail sales is not a good measure. Last month's retail sales was surprisingly higher, but if you go to St. Louis, Fred, uh, which is their economic data page, you saw that inflation adjusted retail sales was actually negative. I think initially the average trader investor doesn't realize that those numbers are not adjusted for inflation. So if you have eight and a half percent inflation, you see resale, retail sales going up. That's the total gross sales of goods, which reflects that inflation increase as well. Now, the second part to that is travel has not slowed down. So I think there's where your point is extremely pertinent is the fact that people are still getting out there and that's likely still a pandemic hangover. But the third part, the consumer confidence numbers in that consumer confidence data, when we look behind those headline numbers, 
a lot of the conversations that were being had within the conference board and in some of their surveys were a reduction in travel plans in the near future simply because of the cost of fuel, which subsequently reflects in the cost of airline tickets. So, and we're not seeing that fall back. You know, I did an interview yesterday where I said my target on crude oil is still above those 130.50 highs. Today, we get a nice break of a new high and a rally in crude oil. I'm not long it right now because I didn't get a, a strong enough pullback to get long it. But simply from a perspective of crude oil, and then you take those uh, Emmanuel Macron comments reflective in conversations with Saudi Arabia and UAE on how they're not going to be producing more fuel. Then you add in some of the proposals by politicians who, granted, don't seem to know too much about the economy. And they're talking about sending checks out again, which I would argue is part of the reason we're in this inflation problem to begin with. Gavin Newsom talking about up to $2,000 a person, which is just going to make the exacerbate the inflation by sending people money that they can spend. You know, they say you can't fight the Fed. And here we have politicians basically trying to fight the aims of the Fed by sending out money that people can spend. So we need that demand destruction to come. I think we'll see over the coming months that it's happening. My biggest indicator, honestly, is composite PMI in the U.S., which is on a severe downward trajectory. Four of the last five readings lower, and those two that weren't lower were the same. They were flat. wasn't like we got a jump in there anywhere. It's basically a lower trend. Yeah, please, please do not send out more accommodative money across the board. Uh, that is just going to exacerbate the inflation that we already have. Uh, I agree with you on that one, Bob, and they let accommodation run way too long. So some policy mistakes on that side of it. But you mentioned the travel industry. Uh, you know, everybody still wants to travel. But if you look at the expectations, as you mentioned, they're going to come down in the second half of this year and into 2023. And you look at some of the stocks, whether it's airlines, cruise lines, uh, the booking companies, they're all down anywhere from 15 to 25 percent over the last three and a half, four weeks this month. So is that the canary in the coal mine as far as a crack in the consumer and maybe the slowing of the overall economy where that demand or that, uh, you know, the consumer demand destruction starts, starts to take place even more? Well, for the life of me, I can't remember which shop said this this morning, but one of the big shops listed their bear case for Carnival Cruise Line stock at zero. Yep. So zero. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that's telling of what the uh, outlook is for cruise lines and airlines going forward. And we're likely to see some disinflationary uh, supply demand dynamics reflected in the travel sector. But again, when your food prices are rising and your fuel prices to heat your home coming into the winter are rising right now or have quite a heat wave. So some of that natural gas powered electricity was spiking natural gas prices in times where on a seasonal basis, we wouldn't see that. You're not gonna take that trip to Disney, okay? You're gonna stay home and eat and cool your home and subsequently heat your home in the winter. So these are just bare bones issues that we're going to see pullback going forward. Now the tech layoffs are starting to really add up as we see announcements of layoffs and, and cutting of jobs and re, uh, pulling of offers that were given. We're seeing that to start add up as well. So I'm firmly in the recession camp and I've got one tell in the stagflation camp simply because I think it is possible that there's enough demand destruction reflective of a recession that we could see inflation at least get to manageable levels. But something people should keep in mind, 
when you're talking about inflation, you're talking about an absolute index level that then was reflected in whether it's an increase or a decrease in the CPI figures or the PCE figures. If we get inflation back down to 2%, that doesn't mean prices have gone lower. It just means they've stopped rising. So from that perspective, you know, keeping up with inflation, if it's difficult now, if we get inflation change to zero, you're still at these current prices. Yeah. So there still has to be some wage increases to match it. Yeah, and uh, if wages uh, continue to consolidate, well, you mentioned the layoffs. Uh, Phil Striebel that we had on earlier mentioned that also. Uh, is that the mandate that the Fed's been leaning on because we're at full employment, does that to start to show cracks? We'll get that non-farm payrolls number uh, next Friday. Uh, but I kind of wanted to uh, go move into the oil conversation because you mentioned that you don't think that $130 level uh, is a top for us at this point. But if we see that demand destruction, shouldn't that take care of itself? But at the same time, it seems like demand is outpacing the supply we have at this point. Well, we're not even in the second half of the summer driving season. And right. the summer driving season isn't necessarily entirely fueled by travel. Okay, there's there's other things that drive that. And it's just simply the excess driving that takes place with students being home from school, for example, is one uh, the one that jumps to the top of my mind. You've got entire families driving as opposed to maybe just a father or a mother or a father and a mother driving to and from work. Now you've got kids of driving age that are out there driving. So that demand curve for the summer driving season is not just trips. Also, trips you may not take. Uh, to grandma's house over the river over the river and through the woods <laughs> that you wouldn't take in the winter time right um yeah. that song's kind of screwed up from that perspective so the demand while it may slow you're likely to get that pandemic sort of uh surge in demand out the typical seasonality of the summer driving season is still there and we are, are we've got anticipation of tightening of supplies opec actually said last week that they thought the 1 million barrel surplus that we have right now might actually shrink. And there is no production increases in sight other than the typical trajectory of U.S. crude oil that could make up for it. When Emmanuel Macron had that out in the open conversation with President Biden that, in my opinion, was deliberately said in front of reporters to put pressure on President Biden, he was basically begging for the U.S to do some emergency actions to get more production and more refinery capacity and more shipping capacity in the form of pipelines or whatever it could be here. One of the things could be a suspension of the Jones Act. Those things don't look like they're going to happen coming into the midterms. So I do suspect that crude oil prices and gasoline prices are at least going to stay elevated. Again, I'm not long crude. I didn't get a strong enough pullback to get long crude. Uh, but from that perspective, that kind of makes my point for me. Yeah, uh, and before the midterms, I think, is key. So it's perfect timing for the administration maybe to pull back on some of their regulations uh, at this point uh, to help out the industry and the consumer. Uh, but real quick, uh, Bob, I wanted to get your take. You mentioned recession. You mentioned stagflation. That's kind of been pushed uh, to the side by a lot of market watchers at this point. But what are your expectations for the equity market as a whole? We're seeing futures pull back here a little bit. Uh, from those session uh, uh, pre-market highs. What's your uh, overall take here for equities in the near term, maybe the next month or two? Well, I suspect we'll continue to see small bull market rallies as 
data disappoints on both sides on the inflation expectations i think we'll miss a little bit and on the sort of productive pieces of data like your pmis i think we'll also miss a lot of that is going to pull the inflation conversation back a little bit and possibly give the idea that the fed is going to kind of ease off the break a little bit but there's no indication from them and if their role which jerome powell said when he took his first term my role is to communicate better that he has to communicate that there's the possibility of getting back off the brake and onto the gas and he hasn't done that yet so from that perspective my base case at the beginning of the year was a minimum of a 45 percent pullback for the nasdaq we've got about 10 to 12 percent on that to go so i'm going to stick with that for now all right i got phil striebel i've got bob iacchino giving us the bear case for equities here this morning i like the calls guys uh appreciate it bob have a great day you too tom